0: So, uh, as we already mentioned, um, there is, um, uh, Nick is under the weather. Um, Jan called me this yesterday morning asking if I could sub for him, and I said, sure, because I was working on this lesson series for someone else, and I thought, hmm, this is good practice. <laughs> um, so, anyway... Um, so let's pray for Nick that he feels better. Any other prayer requests that we want to mention this morning? You pray for Doug and Connie. Okay, uh, sure. Her mother's service is on Tuesday. Okay. And they're in a hurricane right now. <laughs> so, um, just, you know. All right. Pray for Marsh Taff. She's not feeling well Okay. Um. And we've been praying for Eli. He got a new piece in his leg. So keep praying for Eli, Larry's grandson. Um, so, um, Let's see. Um, I got one more prayer request, but it requires a story. Um, back in 2008, um, I had an opportunity to go to the Big Sky Scholarship Camp for the first time. And I met the director. His name was Frank Eckes, and he he was doing it for many many years. And he he's gonna he retired about five years ago, but he's gonna be ninety one this September. Wow. Mm-hmm. He is a go getter, and um, he was telling me that um, the three most important leaders in his Sparks Club never came to club because they were his prayer warriors. They were praying for the club while he was at club and he called them his most important leaders because they were, it made a difference in his club. So I was telling him about um, the assignment I have this year and that's not only doing Journey here on Tuesday nights, but Journey at Grace Community Bible Church on Wednesday nights. So, um, I thought, well, I'll put out the prayer request to pray that God would raise up people that would pray for our wana clubs. And I'll take the first few, but anyway, um, on either Tuesday nights or Tuesdays or Wednesdays, you get to choose. So if if, if that's something you'd like to help us with, um, feel free to let me know and I'll get you signed up. And what I'd like to do is um, make sure that you know every week any particular prayer requests. And I'd at least like to give you the names of the clubbers in that club. So what I'll do is I'll link you up with a club. So if you like the little kids, you can pick the Cubby, Sparks, TNT, Trek or Journey to pray for on those days if um, that's something God would have you do and lay on your heart. So anyway, all right, let's go ahead and begin and we'll get started. Father, thank you for this time that you have given us and I pray that you would lead and guide our thoughts this morning and Lord I pray that for Nick Doug and Connie and Marsha as they're dealing with various trials and difficulties I pray for Eli um, recovering from his surgery Lord thank you that we can trust you and we can pray for um, our church family and our friends and know that you are going to take care of them, and we can be a part of their lives and a part of their journey through prayer. Thank you for that privilege. Lead and guide us as we look into your word this morning, for I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, Um, trials. They are a part of life for a few reasons. One is we live in a fallen world. The reason it's fallen is because of sin that came in in Genesis chapter three. And one of the phrases God used was, the, cursed is, the ground is cursed because of you and because of what you did. And <clears throat> creation is subject to futility. futility. Um, and it groans, it suffers pain we ourselves groan. So let's look at that in Romans eight twenty and 21. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Okay, there's hope for a future But now there's a mess. We live in a broken world and it even creation has been impacted by the fall. Um, Second, there are trials in life because we are all broken sinners. Romans 3.23, all of sin come short of the glory of God. And we're all in need of a savior. Um, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So um, not only are we broken sinners, but we have a sinful nature with its lusts and desires. And um, and they'll show up in disobedience, causing hurts, habits, and hang-ups that results in suffering. Sometimes that's just ourselves and sometimes it's other people that have to go through that suffering because of the condition of others. And the third thing is the world is on the course, on a certain course, and it has an evil director. And um, that's described in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, and... I forgot to highlight that one, so I'll find it here real quick and read it. Ephesians 2, um, one through three. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience among whom you too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. So we, we have something in common with the rest of the world. Um, 1 John two sixteen. is not from the Father, but is from the world. What the world likes to do is it likes to stir up those things. It likes to, part of it is economic stimulus. They're trying to stimulate the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. I want, I need, I want, I need. And it it powers the engine. And um, the boastful pride of life, <laughs> Look at me, look at this new car that I have, look at these fancy clothes. I mean, you, we usually don't find people saying that, but sometimes they're, they get caught up with those kinds of things. But those, that's all part of the world and they're trying to work on that and sometimes we get entrapped by that. But the main thing that I wanna get into this morning is that there's a purpose in trials. There can be a purpose if we look to God for understanding what he wants us to know. Jesus wants us to learn something in um, John fifteen thirty-three. Who has that one? Oh, good. Okay, okay. 16, 33? 15 15. Fifteen. We'll try it. try it, and then I might have to edit it again. But we think it's 15. Oh, no, it is 16. It is 16. Oh, you're right. You're right. Keep going. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Can anyone think of someone in Christ's lifetime or someone a few years later that experienced trouble in the world? Paul, <laughs> obvious. Who else experienced trouble in the world that he was talking? Peter. Peter had a buddy. What was his name? John. John. All the disciples had trouble in this world. Jesus and had trouble. Jesus had trouble in this world. But notice he did not say, I'm going to get you out of the world. I'm going to give you what? What was he going to give him? Peace, 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 so that they could go through those experiencing, trusting God and learning something that God's grace and power is sufficient to get them through. And that's what we need to understand about trials. and, And because oftentimes our first reaction is, Lord, get me out of this. But we need to learn that Maybe there's something we got, what well, God wants to teach us through this experience, through Paul this asks, difficulty. Paul asked to be gotten out. That's right. And what was Paul told? My grace, my grace is, is sufficient, sufficient for you because my strength is perfected in your weakness. weakness. And so Paul was willing to boast about his weakness, weakness that the power of Christ might manifest. be manifest to the world. That is what is so important. Um, I heard a message a while back by Louis Giglio. And he was saying when it comes to being a witness, he says, people nowadays, they're not looking for information. They're looking for transformation. Okay, you believe this stuff? How has it changed your life? Because you might have all kinds of arguments as to why this is true, but the main point is, is it lived out in your life? Has it made a difference in your life? Because um, Jesus told us, um, let your light so shine before men that they might see, what? And glorify whom? That those good works have to be in such a context, wow, that's different than just any old good works. It has to be in a context of, wow, that's unusual. And that's what Jesus wants is because if we can have peace in chaos, that's gonna stand out. And Peter puts it this way, um, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready to give an answer to those who ask somebody has to ask me to those who asked a reason for the hope that is within you in order for them to ask about the reason for the hope within you what do they have to see they have to see that hope, they have to see that hope lived out somehow some way in how we deal with life its circumstances And it's trials, it's difficulties. So God has a purpose. And he's trying to teach us some things. Um, So, tribulations can bring about persevering faith. Proven, well, we'll let let, um, John, or uh, Romans 5, 3 3, 3 through 5, And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through (coughs) the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Not only have we been given opportunities to go through trials of life, And what does it say? Exalt. Another translation uses the word boast or glory. How can we boast in our tribulations unless we have a perspective of knowing something that God's going to use it to help us and be a testimony to the world around us? That's the only way we can boast. And like Paul says, that... He would boast in his weaknesses that the power of Christ might be demonstrated through him. That is unusual. That is not natural. That is not human. That is superhuman. That is spiritual. And that's what God wants to communicate through us. That's why Christianity is different from all other religions in the world. Other religions may give you something to do so that you can check off your list, that you're, you're a good little boy or girl but they can't provide you supernatural power to live hope and be different in the world and live in difficult times. Um, Anybody think we're living in difficult times? (laughs) They're not easy, that's for sure. They're not easy. But um, (laughs) Anyway, um, the other verse I wanted to mention is what Jesus said in Romans, er, John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him does what? Bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. So God wants, Jesus wants us to remember that not only when we face trials, we need to... Rely on the Holy Spirit because as in Romans, it said the Holy Spirit was given us as evidence that God's with us and he's gonna do what he's gonna do. But he also wants us to abide in Christ. So if I'm a branch, I don't have to, I'm gonna produce fruit today. (laughs) No, if I'm abiding in Christ and I'm connected with the the vine, he's gonna produce the fruit. But i got to abide. I've got to be conscious that he's with me. He can get me through, and that's where he wants me to go. And just abide in him, rely on the Holy Spirit's power and direction, and I can make it through the trials. Now, um, let's see. 1 Peter 1, 7. That the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The testing of our faith, the demonstration, that testing is the idea of demonstrating quality. The quality, the um, strength, the perseverance of our faith is what Peter calls as being more precious than gold. It's valuable. Because what will it accomplish? It will accomplish praise and honor and glory for all eternity. We have two types of trophies that we can be in heaven one is God's saving grace from the penalty of sin, and everybody in there will be a trophy of that condition. But we also can be a trophy of His sanctifying grace. His Salvation from the power of sin and growing in his word and growing in our walk with him. And that will demonstrate to the world around us a hope that is different, a peace that is different than what the world is experiencing. And it will get their attention. So that connects us to our study that um, Ken has been doing In James, a little review, James 2, James 1, 2 through 4. Consider it all joy when you face various knowing. The only way you can do that is knowing something. That the testing of your faith will produce endurance, perseverance. And let that perseverance complete its work. I liked it when one preacher referred to that complete, you know, letting perseverance have its complete work. It's like going to the gym. You got to finish the workout. You just don't go to the gym to read a magazine or just hang out or have a soda or, no, you're going there to do some work. That's what the gym is for. Well, That's when we face trials, we got to let that trial finish its course so that we might learn something, that we might have a workout for our faith, that we might trust God through the circumstance, the difficulty, the trial. Um, Because that's the only way I can see us looking at. um, I mean, okay, I don't know how how many people go to the gym and look at it as, Wow, I'm sure glad I'm here. Maybe they focus more on the results. I'm going to feel better. I'm, you know, things are going to work easier. But facing work for the sake of work, that's just hard. But if we can look at the outcome, if we can look at the purpose of the workout, we're going to have a better attitude towards doing the workout. We're going to have a better attitude going through that trial and difficulty because What does God want us to learn? He wants us to learn perseverance. He wants us to learn and experience His peace and His hope that only He, and what did um, Paul say? He says, not only does it do that, but it results in proven character. Proven character. So, anyway. Now, I've got to mention three powerful words that I learned from Doug. And if you want to look at it, it's in um, 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 11. The most powerful words when it comes to life. In order that there is a purpose in the difficulties that we go through. This is talking about Paul and his buddies, probably... It was Luke that was with him because Luke got to write about it in the book of Acts. But they had been in distress, even to the point of being distressed of life. They were going through some hard times. And what Paul says in verse 9 is there was a purpose in, doing, in going through that experience. And that's where the three most powerful words are used. In order that we might learn not to trust in our ourselves, ourselves, but to trust in him who raises the dead. That's what God wants us to learn through trials, is that we can realize that we can trust God because he is powerful, he's able to get us through it, and he will be glorified. Um, so that's, that's why purpose is so meaningful when it comes to trials. There's a purpose. God can use those trials to teach us some things. And we already mentioned, I think Paul got the um, most votes on being the person that dealt with trials the most in the New Testament. But look what happened. Paul did not know what hung in the balance of his difficulties. But I've been reading through the book of Acts and I've finally finished it. Paul got the opportunity to remind Caiaphas, the high priest who was there when they plotted to kill Jesus. And he was there all the way through, he had to face Um, Peter and John and interrogate them after they were preaching in the temple and they didn't like it and they healed a guy and they healed him on Sabbath. Oh no. He went through all those things and then years later he has to deal with Paul. God was so gracious in giving that man many opportunities to understand that the Messiah was Jesus. Jesus and he had an opportunity to make a choice. And then he gets to talk to Felix. He gets to talk talk to Festus, and he ends up on his way to Rome to talk to Caesar. Now, did he have an idea all that was going to be recorded? Now, he had spent time in prison. What kind of trial mess is that? What did he get to do while he was in prison? He wrote literature, God's word, that is read by more people than any other piece of literature in the entire world, in the history of the world. That is amazing. And so that's what encourages me that says, I don't know what God wants to do with these trials in my life, but I know that he can do something. He can teach me some things and he can accomplish things that, I would have never imagined. Okay, that sets it up. That's all introduction, okay? Now we're gonna jump in to my favorite Old Testament character. Some people know him as Joe <laughs> Jacobson or Joseph the son of Jacob, okay? Whichever way you want to do it, okay? But there was a purpose in his life. His purpose was to learn the presence of God, that God was with him and to be encouraged and to experience endurance and that God was his helper. I believe those are the things that God was um, teaching Joseph through his hard times to, so that he could live out the hope that he had, that he heard from his Father, his grandpa, and his great-grandpa. He had a hope. That's the only thing that we can conclude. He didn't have an Awana club. He didn't have a church. He didn't even have a Bible. All he had was these promises God had given to his father, his grandfather, and great-grandfather. But it was enough because God was with him. God fulfilled the promise to be with his children. And he was fulfilling the promise that he gave to Abraham that they would be blessed and that through them, all the nations of the world would be blessed. Okay, okay. I got to get to the lessons instead of all this preaching. Um, But difficult times. Um, And so what I did is, that's what chapter 37 was. We're going to go look at Genesis. Chapter 37 and this will be a fun review that requires participation because you know the story. So all we got to do is look at the verses and pull out the answers to my little question. And hopefully you got enough room to do there. So um, I'll do the first one. Um, now, does anybody remember how old Joseph was when his story started in chapter 37? 17. 17. He was just a teenager. Um, and he had a lot to learn. He had a lot to learn about God. He had a lot to learn about siblings, and he had a lot to learn about communication and how to get along. And so we'll see some of that, okay? Um, And it says in verse two that he was out pasturing the flock with his brothers, And then he brought back a bad report about them to their father, okay? So he was a tattler, okay? So, okay, he had to learn not to say so much um, that would get him in trouble. Now, the other thing that he had going against him was in verse three, now Israel loved... Joseph, more than all his sons, because he was the son of his old age and he had made him a technicolor dream coat. (laughs) Okay, I think Joseph came up, came acquired his naivety or his naivety naturally. His father, hello. Have a spoiled brat here, and what's the other kid's going to do? <laughs> Resent it. Resen it, and that's so. The problems, the rough beginnings, was his brothers hated him. Mm. They were jealous of him, so that was a rough beginning um, to start with. Um, such that in verse four. The brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, so they hated. hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. They couldn't be nice. So, again, Joseph had some hard beginnings. But I think he was an optimist and A little naive, but he was God was going to use him. God was going to use him, and then um, there were two things that came up in verses five through eleven. You can kind of skim that. What are the two things that came up? He had a dream. Just one. He had two dreams. One was about what the sheaves, sheaves, and the other one was about the stars okay he had the, and what did he do with those dreams he told his, brother. he told his brothers that was smart. yeah and let's look at verse 8 and see how they responded they hated him more. there you go they hated him more and then verse 11 um they were jealous and even verse 10 his dad got kind of, what in the world? Am am I and your mother going to bow down to you? What's going on here? Now, did Joseph interpret the dreams? There? No, he just told him. This is what I dreamed. He just said, this is what I saw. Who was was responsible for what he saw? God. God? Mm -hmm. And so... Again, what even a lesson of this could be, we can't control circumstances. We can't control people. We can't control what they think or what they do, but we can trust God. Um, There was a, um, a, some of you may remember a guy that used to be a part of our church. Um, When he was growing up, I called him Kenny. But Kenny McCoy, he worked for a drilling and blasting company. And he told me about the fact that one of their safety trainings had to do with um, ERO. Because when you're playing with explosives, you want people to make sure they know what they're doing. And they know how to respond the first e is event how good are we are are, how good are we at controlling events not very good now in my bit in the business i worked in um we had a plant manager that said all accidents can be prevented that's true and so what they focused on were procedures. Making sure that the employees and the operators knew exactly what to do. So they could do it the same way each time. Okay, Eliminate randomness, eliminate risk. Okay, But there are certain things, certain events you can't control. And I'll use one example. Back in the 80s, there was a, um, Um, Hercules had just built a new processing plant on the west side of the valley, which is the east side of the Ochres. And the main purpose of that processing plant was to make big rocket motors. In order to make big rocket motors, they had to have big mixers so they could mix a lot of propellant. And so they designed that plant such that it would... Um, be remotely operated so that if something did go wrong, you might lose some equipment, you know, might lose in a facility, but you won't lose people. And um, they were mixing some propellant one day, and after the investigation, they determined that a IR sensor that was supposed to be securely fastened in the top of that mixer head so that they could see the temperature and make sure everything was going on by the IR sensor. That came loose. Got into the mix bowl. And when you have blades that are coming close to the wall, that close, it was very easy, they project, that um, that device got between there, caused a spark, and that whole building went up. Now, that was designed so that the roof and the west wall would go out first. Why? That way the blast, if anything happened, went up the mountain rather than out the Salt Lake Valley and break everybody's windows. So it was designed and it worked. Okay, that was an event that we did the best we could without, and then they got into this Foreign object debris program that tried to keep all the fasteners secured. They went and that's part of what I did when I before I left was I was the FOD manager. Um, some of them called me the FOD God. But anyway, <laughs> I went around to make sure we were following a procedure, and I was blessed by before I left, the maintenance guys finally got a clue as to why I did what I did and its importance. In fact, they, one day their supervisor called me and said, hey, they had a question about this. They were asking me. They were the specialist. They were just wanting to make sure it was appropriate and safe so that things would not get lost. Because one of the things that gets in trouble is when you leave a tool or leave something in the wrong place at the wrong time and then it gets into the wrong place. But anyway, I tell you all that story because sometimes you do the best you can and events happen, whether it's caused by us or other people. Now, so the clue, the key is our response to those events. How do we respond? Trials are that way. They come up. How do we respond? And the other thing in this safety training that we're doing here. Oh, yeah, I can't even spell and then I'm a perfectionist so I can't. Even. Outcome. Can we control the outcome? The only thing we can control is our response. Cuz there may be other people involved in the event or the circumstances. So, I can't control this, but I know who someone who can. Who can control the outcome? God can. So that is why a proper understanding of trials is important. And um, so he had a rough beginning, he had two dreams, and the response was his brothers. What? Hated him him and were jealous, okay? And I could not, I cannot believe, this just shows how bad both Jacob and Joseph, how bad their case of being naive was. What did Jacob have Joseph do? Oh, Joseph, go check up on your brothers. (laughs) The brothers that like you so well and Joseph, go by yourself. And not only that, Joseph, I want you to wear something. <laughs> I want you to wear your Technicolor dream coat. Now, the reason I call that, refer to that is because Joseph and the Technicolor dream coat is my favorite musical. Um, Skeeter Scott, anybody remember Skeeter yeah, Scott? Skeeter was like, yeah. He had that, he, he was part of the drama deal that did that at his high school up in Bountiful. I went to every production. Mm -hmm. Anybody know Nate Delgado? Mm -hmm. Um, Is it Paradigm? Is that where he's at? His school did the same production. I went to every production. I love that musical. But did you see it with Donny (laughs) Osmond? I saw it with, I didn't see it with Donny Osmond. I saw it on Broadway. I saw it on Broadway in the 80s and um, David Cassidy was Joseph. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. So that shows you how old I am and my craziness. But, (laughs) But the point is, that story is Joseph's story. And it reminds me so much of God's word that I need to apply in my own life. That God does amazing things. So we're gonna finish up with the plan in thirty seven eighteen. Uh, Joseph is on a mission. His dad sent him on a mission to go check up on his brothers, and his brothers see him coming. And in thirty seven eighteen, does somebody have that? Yes. Want to read it? Was, is that a surprise? <laughs> Based on the circumstances we read so far, it's not a surprise. But somehow that wasn't a concern for <laughs> Jacob. So anyway, as you can tell, I have fun with this story. Um, and I didn't know how far I was going to get. But um, I've got more copies so that if they need a last minute... Um, substitute, I can come in and um, we can continue the story. Why? We all knew that story. Why do we need to be reviewing those stories? Because we are forgetful. We need to be reminded of the basics, and that's what the Christian life is all about, is being reminded of the basics. I'm told in sports that coaches love to go through the bases B- bases, yeah, they go around the bases, but <laughs> basics you got to have those basics down crisp those moves those reactions because you don 't have time to think you need to tone your body to respond in those kinds of things We ne- have a mind that squirrel gets distracted easily and what, Jesus, or what Paul tells us is he had to urge the Romans. I urge you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God. How many of us here would love to know the perfect will of God? We, we all do. And the way we do that is spend time in the book and trust what God has for us. So thanks for the being a good class and participating and giving me some fun today. So um, let's close in prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for your love demonstrated when you sent Jesus to die in our place. Thank you for your plan, your redemption plan that is communicated throughout scripture thank you for the life of joseph that we can learn from his struggles in his trials and we can apply those principles of faith and trust and your presence and your help through those difficulties so that you might be glorified for we ask it in christ's name amen. amen thanks we are dismissed